KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Oklahoma, how you doing? We're back at it once again. At it again, time and time again, like we always are when the Thunder play. For the most part, Oklahoma City loses on the second night of a back-to-back. 129-102 to to the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is, of course, great because, you know, the Thunder are trying to lose. And it's an understandable loss because Cleveland does have LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and Tristan Thompson. And, uh... Uh-oh! <laughs> Oh, that's oh, never mind. Uh, I mean, the, the the result wrong roster, Brady. The the wrong year. The result is still the important thing. Oklahoma City got another loss, but this was to the uh, oh boy, the Colin Sexton led Cleveland Cavaliers one twenty nine to one hundred two tonight in Oklahoma City. That is Christine Butterfield co hosting tonight. Brady Trentham here alongside our very very beautiful, uh, very capable intellectually. Uh, just important Keep producer Keep going. Matthew Burton. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for that introduction. I appreciate it. Rocking shorts tonight. It's, it's it's that time of year, so I guess the sweatpants and the hoodies are being uh, yeah. The joggers. Retired. The joggers are left at home for now. Oh no! I, I like know. the joggers look. I know. Thank you. Yeah. I do too, and it's very comfortable. But you know, I just I couldn't do it because mainly I don't know if you guys knew this, but the the conference room. Felt like about ninety degrees. In there. It, it's been what? hot in the studio all day. So yeah, yeah I mean they, uh, I can leave. Yeah. So uh, yeah. cold uh, in the winter time, okay. hot in the summertime. You know, stop me when you've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Not complaining here, but yes, Oklahoma City does lose, which is of course the most important thing. And to further home, uh, everybody's just visual image of the voices you are hearing. We already talked about what Matt's wearing. I cannot see Christine's upper body. I am worried about her physical health moving forward. Ty Jerome started tonight, 23 points on 9 of 16 shooting, and we've had a lot of fun on Twitter between I am Matt Burton, CB on sports, and Brady does sports. Uh, We've had a lot of fun about Ty Jerome. We might get into that in just a few minutes. Moses Brown with a double-double, 13 and 11 rebounds. Jalen Horde, 12 points to go along with five rebounds. And then off the bench, you had contributors like Steve Mikhailuk, 10 points. Alexi Pokashevsky, 10 points. Kenrich Williams, 12 points. Teo Maladon, 14 points. Christine, another game, another loss, great. But for us, another near 30-point defeat. So where do you even begin to unpack this one? I guess we can begin by saying that they basically just couldn't pull it together in the second half because they stayed with Cleveland very competitively in the first and the second quarter. I mean, they tied in the first quarter 38 to 38, and then they only let Cleveland outscore them by four points in the second. And then the game just kind of got away from them after that. And I think it's kind of due to the fact that in the beginning of the game, Teo Maladon was shooting pretty well. He was 3 of 3 at one point, and then, you know, he went to the bench. Steve McKaylick was heating up. He scored really well in the first couple of quarters. And then Ty Jerome came out of nowhere and started, you know, just shooting the lights out of the game. But other than that... Just what he does. It Sometimes. Just perfect. Just perfect. It's Milk's team. All right. Um, but ultimately, I don't know how this really happened, but the... Cleveland Cavaliers actually had a bunch of players who scored above 20 points tonight. Sexton scored 27. Garland scored 21. Prince came off the bench and scored 22. Wait a minute. The Prince? From beyond the grave. No. Oh, oh Taurine Prince. If, if like the literal Prince came out off the grave, out of the grave... And was in the Chesapeake Arena tonight. I think Jerry would have just fainted like five times. I still, I still to this day think if Torian Prince would have been on the Wolves whenever they had their Prince jerseys, that would have been the highest selling jersey of all time. Oh, what a missed opportunity! I just completely, from a I completely agree with that. From a marketing standpoint, like Minnesota, you, you haven't been relevant in ever since KG Trade and, for Torian Prince. Let him wear like number one or something. Oh, I mean. or no, just give him the symbol. 
Oh, just give him just yeah, just give him the symbol. But yeah, I mean, Christine, it it was just it was a game that, like you said, Oklahoma City obviously in the first half very competitive, and in fact outplayed. I mean, they came out of the gates red hot against Cleveland, and the whole time you're just watching it, going, "Ah, I don't know, I don't know about that. I'll say this: as long as Oklahoma City is going to be trotting out. Um, lineups that don't have the stars, you know, SGA, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, all these guys. As long as they don't have those guys out, if the Thunder are going to play, they play Philadelphia on Saturday. If Oklahoma City plays a team like that and starts out hot and plays well with all the guys that they have left, that's when I'll be like, okay, like I kind of like what I'm seeing. Yes, the other team is probably taking this roster lightly, but you want to see Pokashevsky ball out against teams like that. You want to see Kenrich Williams bring something to the table. You want to see Ty Jerome continue to hit shots against teams like that. But when they're playing teams like Detroit, like Cleveland, like the trash of the NBA, the whole first half of the first quarter, I'm just like, ah, I don't like it. And as the first half went along, it's like, okay, Cleveland started to find some rhythm. And then ultimately the Thunder found themselves down 20 and it's like, good show. Good show, everyone. Yes, this is what you need the Thunder to do if they want a chance of getting that top five draft pick. And so they did their job tonight. Grossly did their job. (laughs) It wasn't a fun game to watch, but they did their job tonight. And, it's just kind of sad that I'm not sure if it's going to be enough. And yes, they're supposed to be losing to teams like Cleveland because Cleveland's uh, record is right there with the Thunders, but I, don't, I seriously don't know if they're going to be able to lose enough games by the time the lottery comes into play. I mean, you lose by 30 points every night. You, you, you're going to make a dent. There's still quite a bit of games to go, and this is a shortened season, which is I mean, just absolutely scary to me to think about. Yeah, this one was important because uh, Oklahoma City is now a half game back from Cleveland for the sixth spot in the draft, the sixth best odds in the draft. Mm-hmm. This is a big game. So they had to. They Cleveland's really had to lose this game. Now Oklahoma City's twenty and thirty-two, tied with Toronto, who's also twenty and thirty-two. And uh, yeah, the the Washington Wizards are eighteen and thirty-two, so they they can make some ground on a couple teams. You got Philly and then Utah on the road next week, I believe. On was it Tuesday? So you you just want to hope that if you're you know keeping score at home and that's what you want the Thunder to ultimately do, which is of course important for the long run. You can just probably pencil in two more losses. But of course, this team and this franchise would go out there and lose by thirty to Detroit. Would go out there and lose uh, by thirty to Cleveland on the second night of the back to back. Would go out there and lose to a competitive game, albeit to Charlotte on the first night of back-to-back, and then go ahead and beat Philadelphia. And it's like, what are you doing? I don't think there's any chance of that happening. No. I don't see that coming. Did y'all see Joel Embiid against Boston the other night? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not messing around. He's a freak. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's Oklahoma right. City, on the other hand, I mean, who, who do we want to start with, kids? Like, Poku? Throw a name out. Poku, Poku Shevsky. Wow. How'd the fanny pack go? Um, fanny not pack well, great. obviously... What do you mean? Are you ta- he had like a PSG fanny pack when he was walking into the... Well, Is that I, not what we're talking about? We're not talking about the actual fanny pack. We're talking about how he played? Yes. Oh. I was well, going to go mind. into that, but if a, you want to... You go ahead and like, talk about the... He had a full like PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, for the soccer Ooh. team, for the for those that aren't cultured. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's PSG. They played in the Champions League yesterday against Bayern Munich. I think our friend Ty Jerome knows Kylian who that is. No, okay, anyways. No, but he had the, he had the whole thing. He had a PSG like kind of crew neck. And then a PSG fanny pack. So uh, he killed the the fanny pack. Fanny pack looked great tonight. I'm glad that something about Poku looked great tonight because his basketball was abysmal. He did not play well. And I honestly kind of saw this coming after the fact that he had such a great night yesterday against the Hornets. You know, we talked about it obviously in the last post game. But for those of you that don't know, he broke a franchise record and made seven threes in one game, which is the most a rookie has ever made. That plays for the Thunder. And then he also, along with Hale Maladon, were the first pair to score 25 or more points in the same game since 2012. So he had an amazing night shooting-wise. And so tonight I was thinking, I was like, I don't know if the hot hand's going to carry over again. And it didn't. And he shot 12 shots, made three of those attempts. I'm gonna let that sink in. Like he hit a mid-range Jimmy on purpose, so I, like, okay, I'll give some respect. Cool. It was on purpose. That's why it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as a result of I don't know where I am. 
I guess I'll throw the ball up. So yeah, I expect more from him now at this point. Do we expect efficiency or is that still too much? I don't expect efficiency, but I expect more than three made shots off of Poku at this point. I'm I'm not expecting like a let's say a like a like eight of fourteen night. I'm not expecting that. I am expecting like a five of ten maybe. Or a even like a six of twelve. Christine's like two months like she would be two months into a relationship and it's like I'm not expecting a ring, but I do expect like a trip to Barbados in the very near future. <laughs> a tri- All and, expenses paid. No no spare no expense. And it doesn't have to be an engagement ring, but a promise ring. But a, it promise, has to be ring. a promise ring. I don't mm, I don't I don't think that that's really comparable to I thought that ended in I sixth grade. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. Promise rings. Um, I need it to be like, um, like a licorice ring that I can just like. Little ring pop. Yeah, ring pop. give me a ring pop. What if Sveena Kailuk gave you a ring pop? Oh, I will you yes. accept this ring? Yes. I mean, sure. Absolutely. Sveena, <laughs> just go buy one. They're like, uh, they're like twenty cents at Seven Eleven. So uh, blueberry pop. trash. It's ab- it's absolute Bless trash. You, Blessed art thou, Christine Butterfield at CB on Sports where you can direct all your love or hatred for her sports takes. And, of course, Matt Burton. I am Matt Burton on the Twitter machine. No, I mean, Poku, I mean, yeah. The second I have a back-to-back, I don't know uh, what anyone should really expect. Um, Efficiency-wise, scoring-wise, shot selection-wise. To me, like, the one thing that I feel like should be cleaned up by the end of the year, something that should be fairly easy to expect Stop losing yourself with your dribble. Like and when he gets in the when he's on the floor when he's in the middle of the floor especially and he's dribbling around a defender that's trying to be pesky because that's the scouting report. Just get right up in his face and he starts to freak out. He either loses the ball on his own or he just throws it at someone who's not paying attention. It happened twice tonight. It happened once last night. Yeah. And last night was a good showing for him. Mm-hmm. And I, it's frustrating to me because we see the ability with his like with his court vision and his handles. Like he has that ability. So to me, that's something. I mean, Matt. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but that's that to me is something that should be cleaned up in practice and film. Like, stop panicking. Yeah. Like, just if you have to just pick up your dribble and then stand around, then do it. You're seven feet tall. It shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, and we've we've talked about this too about his handle, especially like it it has to get tighter to his body. Like he. He brings it out so far wide, and he's just so tall that it takes so much time whenever it's out there. And there's, you know, you got those smaller pesky defenders that closer to the ground, they're closer to the ball, and they can they just take it from him sometimes. But I think that'll get. But uh, what you were saying about him kind of just panicking and kind of like it looks like he just throws it in a direction, like he panics and throws it in a direction, and it's like I don't. I, it, you don't have to make something happen on every play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like that quarterback that's just a gunslinger that just wants that feels like he has to make a play on every. No, like sometimes it's okay to real, it's okay yeah. to like, like Joe Flacco. Down. It's okay to check down a few times. It's okay, <laughs> you know, just throw it to the open guy that's coming to help you or whatever. It's it's okay to do that. But he, I think he tries uh, to do too much a little time. Just kind of, you know, just kind of. I don't know, doesn't think it all the way through, I right. guess, would be the right No, I was about right to way. say, like, to piggyback off of your point, Matt, not only is, does it, like, his body doesn't really tend to take dribbling well at this point based on his skill set, but it doesn't seem like he ever really has a full plan of what he wants to do when he puts the ball on the floor. Like, half the time he puts the ball on the ground he doesn't know where he wants to end up. And that's why you see him get panicked when someone comes up to defend him. And that's why you see him make bad decisions when he's pressured. Because half the time, he thinks he has a clear path to the goal or a clear path to the rim. And the second someone comes up, he goes, oh, well, um, now I don't know what move to do to get past them. Or I didn't see this coming. And then he just turns around like a deer in headlights and goes, who can I pass the ball to? Who's closest to me that I can get rid of this and not have this pressure anymore? And that's when you see him make those bad decisions. And he's just got to clean that up. He just needs to have a little bit more of an awareness when he puts the ball on the floor. And that's what I want to see him improve on next. I mean, between him and Teo Maldon, they had seven turnovers between the two of them, three for uh, Teo Maldon, four for Pokashevsky. And it's just odd Mainly just because, I mean, Teo Maladon, with with this current lineup, this current rotation, the Thunder have been thrown out there for the last two weeks. 
I mean, Teo's going to have more opportunities to touch the ball. He's the primary point guard, sure. Uh, but it's just, again, Poku, if you have to just like like bunk up with Teo Maladon and understand how to take care of the ball better, how to protect it better, because Teo Maladon's had games where he has five or six turnovers, but I don't go away from those games thinking like he has a turnover problem. It's just that it's a bad night and he's a rookie. Like, what do you expect? There is a better sense of control with him, but at the same time, I understand Poku is seven feet tall. He is a unicorn of a NBA talent. Um, maybe it's a little too much to expect him to have such a fine-tuned grasp on his handles, but um, with all these, with this extended opportunity that he's had over the last few weeks and then moving forward, it's just like if you're going to dribble the ball that much, if you're going to handle the ball, facilitate as much as you're going to do, uh, then silly mis- mistakes like that need to go away. If you're going to like jack up 17, 18 shots and miss the majority of them, that's a different story. I don't care. But little things like that, sure. But uh, the other guy I wanted to touch on before we get to the uh, player of the game, guys, was our good friend Ty Jerome. Um, he uh, co-hosted the show last night. I don't know if everybody knows. No, he definitely did. He was our, uh, he was our lovely producer. He was conveniently out. And conveniently tonight. out tonight because... I find it so funny. Sam Presti p- turned on the milk signal and it shined in the sky of Oklahoma City. And then uh, Ty, Ryan Chapman slash Ty Jerome had to be like, oh, got to go. And old Ty went out there and just hit five and nine three-pointers. Uh, guys, I, I like watching him play. He's so consistent. Uh, his ability to not only just hit shots, but create shots. I mean, Christine, like the big shame of all this is the Thunder are not... A playoff contender, not this year, probably not next year, and potentially not the year after. But you know, mm. a lot can happen in the next sixty to seventy days uh, concerning that. But Ty Jerome, on I, I just keep thinking about him coming off the bench for a Russell Westbrook Paul George team, and how how much of a godsend that would have been if yeah. you have a backup point guard who can run an NBA offense and then hit. What thirty a high thirty percent clip to low forty percent clip of his threes like that would have been incredible for those types of teams. But he's on this team. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad when you think about what could have been if Ty Jerome were here at the right point in the right time. But we have to take it into account what the Thunder's doing right now and where they're going. And Ty Jerome is a player that I would like to see continue to be in the Thunder jersey. Although I don't know if that's the decision that Sam Presti is going to inevitably make. I like the way he plays. I think he's a very sharp shooter. He's someone that's consistent, someone you can count on. Despite last night's game, he only scored one free throw for 20 minutes. That was probably one of his worst showings. But he came back tonight and proved what he's best at, he can do on a consistent basis. And he went five of nine from behind the arc. So that shows that he's a pretty efficient guy, like you were saying, Brady. And he knows where his shot is and he knows how to get there. And that's the most important thing because Teo Maladon's still kind of learning how to do that. But when you have Ty Jerome being able to run an NBA offense off the floor, coming off the bench with the players he has around him right now, and he's able to look this good, that's someone you want to keep around. And I'm not sure what the Thunder's going to do for him. I don't know if they're going to try to trade him for other assets. Yeah, or... I don't. I don't know where he really lies on the uh, on the compass for the Thunder's future. That's that's my thing but too. Still like wait. he's a this is second year. Like, yeah, he's, yes. so I mean, still early. Well, just in terms of if the Thunder get their wish in the draft, like what yeah. I mean, that of <laughs> yeah. course makes Ty Jerome unfortunately expendable because you're oh, yeah, you're trading sure. you're basically just saying well we'll take the lottery pick. And so, you're like, talking so. about right. you're talking about Poku needing to. Talk to Teo Maladon about you know taking care of the basketball and kind of being under control. I'd say also talk to Ty Jerome. Yeah, because he's never in a hurry. He's just I don't know. He's just a really smart basketball player. I think that's that's my favorite thing about him. Me too. He he controls the ball very well. Like not only is he comfortable, but he controls the ball really well. He controls the pace, which is something I really enjoy about him. So that's someone you, I think you want to keep around. Although again. I think it's pretty obvious at this point that Sam Presti will literally do anything to get in that top five draft pick. And if that means anything, anything, oh, it's almost after dark, everybody uh-huh. send the kids to bed. Just kidding. Christine, are you ready for this? I think so. Matthew. Now, the franchise oh, thunder sorry. player of the game brought to you by Volkswagen <laughs> of Ed. <laughs> I swear to God, this never happened. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, 
Moving on. Okay. Christine, you go second. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, it's me. <laughs> I'm spit, I though. You... <laughs> yes, I, I, yes, need yes. A, no, I need no. a breath. Uh, <laughs> Is it hot in here? No. <laughs> I know it was hot earlier, but it's kind of warming up. I need to go for a walk. I need to go cool off. <laughs> okay, it's probably Ty Drome, but I'm going to give a shout out to Kenrich Williams. Five and nine from the field. Two Shed blood three. on the Shed floor. Shed blood, yes. He's literally, I don't know if he's cried yet in the Thunder uniform, but he's giving his sweat and his blood, that's for sure. I mean, they take this more seriously than we do, guys, and we've cried plenty of times watching this team play, so I can only imagine yeah. the amount of tears after all these shed. 30, after all these 30-point losses, <laughs> Kinnick has probably this. cried at least once. I'm tired of this. But also seven boards and nine assists. So hey, He just bled doing out for his team tonight. He did. He got a nice little sweet boxers cut. It was great. He'll pull a Lincoln Park and bleed it out. Too soon, man. <laughs> R.I.P. Chester. <laughs> R.I.P. Chester. Christine. All right, we've already talked about it, but since Matt decided to go with Kenny Williams, I'm just going to go with Ty Jerome. It's you know, it's the layup. He scored 23 points. No one else scored above 20 for the Thunder tonight, and he was pretty efficient from the floor. Like I already said, he was five of nine from behind the arc, which is pretty good and also was a little bit over 50 percent from the floor he shot nine of 16 so wow shooting pretty good tonight and uh i just am very curious as to where ryan chapman says he is right now i'm gonna go justin robinson just because we got about six days left with this dude <laughs> and that there i'm gonna cherish player every of the game that scores three points 17 minutes three points and a 30 point loss damn right that'd be a wouldn't that be tank We'll find out in the second segment, won't we? That's Christine Butterfield, Matt Burton, getting ready to press another button prematurely. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show, presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise. All I asked for was a freaking rotating chair, okay? Well, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Getting a little afraid. I need an old priest and a young priest. The power of Christ compels you. Matt, do you want to explain yourself? What? Mr. Matt Burton. No. I don't. I don't. Nothing to explain? No, it happens to a lot of guys, it, okay? It's that, like... that it does. That it does. This nothing is nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be ashamed of, much like the Thunder's uh, performance tonight. This is the first Take Thunder postgame show here on 107.7. The franchise. Brady Trantham here with Matt Burton, who you just heard. Uh, explain. Uh, the, the trials and tribulations of being... I'm not explaining anything, okay? Yeah, yeah just... Okay, just, it's just normal. Be, it's it happens, dude, it's okay? Just, it's just dude talk. So now let me round in our uh, resident lass, Miss Christine Butterfield, into this here dude talk. Hey, hi, hello. A- any thoughts on the conversation? Uh, no. No. Yeah, you, no. Real quick, I did want to relay this... Uh, information that's probably more personal to me and I'm sure Oklahoma sports fans basketball fans don't care this much about this but Victor Oladipo just dunked the crap out of it against uh, uh, the LA Lakers but unfortunately it looked like he hyperextended his knee left the game and did not return and Eric Spolstra the head coach of the Miami Heat said that he is going to be reevaluated tomorrow yikes who there's what oh oh, nailed it nailed it you are getting nailed it I'm sorry I'm sorry You've become drunk with power over there. What? Don't Look, turn into Jerry. No, I'm sorry. The Thunder sorry. are tanking, sure. But we still have a job to do, Matt. Burton. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, Oklahoma City loses to Cleveland tonight, 129 to 102, who I learned this evening whilst watching this game, and I said it out loud, Matt. I think, Christine, you were still in transit from the arena. Oh, I totally forgot Kevin Love still played basketball. No idea. Had no idea. He's in basketball Siberia right now, still playing for the Cavs, and Kyrie's out in Brooklyn, LeBron's out in L.A. winning championships, and Ky- and Kevin's just like, hey, guys. Yeah, well, Kevin Love's getting paid like $30 million a year to get some cardio in. Like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Very like, true. I He's, feel like he didn't play all that much either. 23, uh, 23 minutes, like. Jerry and I were talking about this in the arena tonight. <laughs> um, we both agree that we don't think that Poku and Kevin Love should ever really be playing at the same place at the same time. It's kind of like um, when Marvel introduced the multiverse, and it's like, 
How many... Will you you explain the multiverse for everybody? The multiverse basically is the notion where there are different universes all happening at the same time. So... Just a fact, yeah. Yeah, so like this is... The (laughs) world we're living in right now, this is one universe, and there's simultaneously other universes and alternative universes. Like Back to the Future too. So there's an there's a universe where the thunder aren't awful, and we are talking about something different every post game show. Yes, something unique to that game. It was exciting stuff that we would remember and bookmark in our minds for or years average. to come. Uh, or, or you know, and when or they you know what, and when they do lose, it's disappointing and it's yeah. important to talk about. Oh no, we're in this. We're in this but universe. This is, but the, in the universe we're hard. in right I'm now is where we have to discuss why tanking is important and why we should be happy that they lost. Yeah, yeah, Matt. Like, while you're at it, like I told you in the previous segment, um, and our listeners did not hear this. This was, uh, this was a radio DM yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially that I sent you. Uh, you have Tankathon pulled up. Oh yeah. Uh, go ahead and uh, explain to those who are not internet privy what Tankathon's all about and how it concerns our our friends here at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay, so tankathon.com. You can just go to the uh, NBA home page on there. They do NBA, NFL, MLB. They do it, they do it all. I use it for uh, NFL as well. But uh, basically, NBA Tankathon, it will tell you, it will update all the records as they happen, and it will tell you the percentage chance you have to get the number one overall pick, the top four, like a top four pick, and... Um, yeah, that's that's basically kind of where your team stands. So right now, as as I'm looking at it right now, the Thunder are 20 and 32. They have the seventh best odds at the number one overall pick, which is 6.8 percent, and they have a 29.4 percent chance to land a top four pick, just from their pick. Now, as of right now, I'm not I'm not a fan of those odds. Now. It's okay though because Cleveland is 19 and 32. So I think Cleveland could pick up a win or two before the Thunder can. Yeah, Kevin Love will win them a game. Yeah, he was 18 and 11 tonight in 23 minutes. There's nothing to sneeze at. Right. Uh, I think Washington, uh, 18 and 32. I think that they can win some more games down the stretch than Oklahoma City. So I, it would be tough to catch Orlando. Orlando's 17 and 34. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but they currently sit at the four, four spot. But yeah, the Thunder basically uh, need to lose out. <laughs> they just they need to lose out to kind of crack into that top five, top four thing. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Cleveland schedule right now, and they actually play Chicago twice. They play Detroit again. They play Washington again. That could help. Yeah, basically, they play Washington twice actually yeah. again. So, yeah, they basically, really do have a it, it shows you that you want the teams that are above you to keep winning, and you want your team to keep losing. That's it. It they shows the, you that it no, shows you, you want the teams, the teams you want to win. You want every other team to win besides yourself. Exactly. Perfect. Well, remember, I, I don't know when Mark Dagnall said this. It might have been last week, but they were initially targeting Shea Gillis-Alexander's return to mid-April, which uh, technically is next week. Um, before we get there, Oklahoma City does play Philadelphia on Saturday, which you know Philadelphia is one of the best teams, if not the best team, playing the best basketball in the league currently, uh, even though that's an Oklahoma City no-home court advantage. So who cares? It's probably going to be a loss. But then they have two days off and play on the road at Utah, another one of the league's better teams, even though they just lost to uh, Phoenix in an exciting game uh, last night in overtime. But then they have a second night of a back-to-back in Oklahoma City the following night against Golden State, which is who knows what Golden State is, who knows what they play like that night. Then they go on the road, the Thunder do, that following Friday uh, to the Detroit Pistons. And then after that, guys, they've got a round of... On the road against Toronto, Washington, Indiana, the Wizards again in Oklahoma City that entire week. So if Shea actually does come back and is just simply reinserted into the lineup, that's, of course, going to make Oklahoma City better. Now, does anybody else come back? We don't know. If they don't, and it's just simply Shea Gillis-Alexander, that still might be good enough to rack up two or three wins in that stretch of just poo-poo platter of the Thunder schedule. Not next week, but the following week when you got Toronto and Washington twice. Like 
that's where it gets kind of, you're depending, like you said, Christine, you're depending on other teams to win a few games here and there. But Oklahoma City, even though they lose every game by 30 perpetually now, still has the talent to win randomly or be close like they were last night against Charlotte. But then if they reinsert SGA, it's like that all kind of goes out the window because SGA is, he's one of the 15, 20, 25 best players in the league right now. So I I don't know, like maybe Mark Dagnall was just a little, maybe mid-April, maybe mid-April at this point. I mean, yeah, I I could see him coming in mid-April. I could also see him coming the last week of April just to be safe about the tanking considerations. But I don't know if Lou Dort would be coming back with him or not. I honestly believe that if SGA comes back, I think Lou Dort will probably be coming back with him. But I don't really see anybody else. I don't see Mike Muscala getting any minutes. I don't see... I mean, obviously Al Horford already said that he will not be playing for the rest of the season. Who does that leave? Well, Isaiah Roby's still in the concussion protocol. Isaiah Roby. So just wait till he comes back, back, Thunder fans. Okay, do you... Okay, let me ask you then. I'll ask Matt Burton this as well. We've got some breaking news. Oh. This is is from Sham Sharania from The Athletic. The Oklahoma City Thunder are waving swingman Darius Miller, creating a roster space to sign EuroLeague forward Gabriel Deck of Real Madrid to a contract that was reported a little bit earlier and the thought was they're either going to wave Darius Miller or Mike Muscala so shout out to Madison Morris your boy is still in town good for Madison for now happy for her for now aren't we all just so happy for Madison yeah Madison yeah everything everybody <laughs> loves her everybody was so excited to see Madison on the beat like when she'd walk into practice and no one would say hi to me I'm sorry I would have said hi to you I'm sorry I know, Matt. I know. Guys, I think the next game against Philly is maybe whenever they bring Shea back. Because there are some important games that I think they need to lose. Before like, then. Just looking, just looking at this, uh-huh. like you play Detroit, you play Toronto, you play Washington twice mm-hmm. in that span. And, I think, and then you, on April 26th, That's what, yeah. whenever you get the 76ers, and then Boston, then New Orleans, like... You have some teams there that are pretty good, so I think maybe Shea comes back for the last, what, what is that, like 10 games? Yeah. 10, 12 games? It's important to note for that Toronto game, one does not simply just stroll into Tampa Bay and get a win very easily. No. It's basketball Mm -hmm. hell. Yeah. No, it's... (laughs) I mean, Christine, the the, the weird thing with all this is just, like we, we say it time and time again, it's a broken record at this point, but... In terms of the development, in terms of what you can take away from these games that you know are meaningless when you go into them at tip-off, and the whole thing is, come on, Oklahoma City, just go out there and lose, but you still still kind of find yourself going, well, I want to see some some leaps in Pokashevsky's game. I want to see some leaps in Teo Maladon's game. And I feel like Teo has rather hit a rookie wall. I mean, he's still going to be able to score points like he did the other night, uh, scoring a... Uh, what was it, a rookie record for point score? Or was it just simply the uh, uh, the combination of the two? It was the combination. It wasn't yeah. a rookie record just based off of Teo. Yeah, and again, he's going to have nights like that just because he has extended opportunities. Like, the guys are going to score or rebound like Moses Brown did two weeks ago. He's They're going to have some nice little raw numbers. But uh-huh. at the same time, it's like, I, I want to see some of this stuff with Shea. But when Shea comes back, we don't know. What about Lou Dort? What about Darius Baisley? I almost said Darius Miller because we just talked about him. And then I also wanted to say Darius Rucker because I only want to be with you. The Dolphins make you cry. The Dolphins do make me cry historically, but man, they've got as many draft picks as the Oklahoma City Thunder do, and it feels great. Draft Kyle Pitts. Christine, development, yay or nay, good or bad currently? For Teo or the team as a whole? Team as a whole. Team as a whole, I think that... I, I think if you take into account what they look like at the beginning of the season to now, I mean, sure, they're getting way, they're averaging way more minutes per game now than they were in the beginning because of all the other amazing players they had playing, starting the game that no longer are starting right now. But when you take how much they progressed from the beginning to now, I do believe you've seen a lot of leaps an improvement in their game. And I think you could say that for every single player on their roster besides Horde and Robinson and Bradley, who just showed up like a week ago, right? So everybody else 
Poku's made big strides, obviously, after he came back from the G League bubble. We've talked a lot about that here. Still has a really long way to go before he'd probably be considered a um, a strong player for the Thunder. But Kendrick, Kenrich Williams, he used to be known as just a hustle guy, just a guy who would, you know, like leap out of bounds to try to save a ball and to get a steal here and there, is now showing that he's having a bit more efficiency than he was showing in the beginning and really contributing to the offensive side, not just the defensive side. Moses Brown kind of came up through the G League bubble as well, but he was putting up double-double after double-double and showing that he can be a presence in the paint and someone that could be a true contender for the Thunder's future, which is why they gave him a multi-year contract. Teo Maladon, you kind of touched on his rookie wall that he's had. I'm... I'm sort of there with you. I do believe that he's shown glimpses of or like flashes of finesse here and there. I just don't think that we're going to see much improvement in the next couple of weeks from him. But I think he probably will improve a lot in the off season when he has time to kind of work on some extra stuff when he doesn't have to deal with the fact that he's playing every other night, really, and having to deal with distributing the ball so often and having that pressure on him. For the majority of the game, Ty Jerome took that pressure off him tonight. He was leading the Thunder really well offensively and showing that he can be a really good player for the Thunder if they choose to bring him back. See, Mikhail Luke, he kind of came in midseason too, um, but he really improved his points per game after he left Detroit. I think he was averaging around nine points per game and now he's showing that he can really just hit shots from behind the arc pretty much at a uh, 50 percent yeah he was shooting 42 percent when he started with the thunder and i think that he's shown that he can pretty much keep that consistently so every single player from this bench has improved in some facet of their game over this season so developmentally i think this is a whole win for the thunder but i don't know what players they're going to keep so it's so strange for me to go into these games thinking, oh, I want to see what Poku does to improve. I want to see what this player does to improve when I don't know if they're going to be on the roster the next season. So it's hard for me to understand how deeply I should care about this improvement if they're not going to continue their future with the Thunder. That is Christine Butterfield. You got Matt Burton producing Brady Trantham here on the First Take Thunder post game show. Oklahoma City loses 129 to 102 to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oklahoma City is now 20 and 31. Two on the year, I should say. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder Post Game Show, presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise. Majestic Wolf Lamp and his family. This is Galco, which is Hebrew for kindness. Galco? Hebrew, Hebrew for kindness. <laughs> Duh. Real quick, best line from Step Brothers that you could say on the radio. Christine, go. What? Best line from Step Brothers that you could say on the radio. Oh, I don't know if there's any good ones I can say on the radio. Matt? <laughs> oh, is <laughs> that. Don't give me that look. That million because dollar we know. smile. We know. Yeah. We know the real one. Yeah, that is Matt Burton, our producer. Christine Butterfield. You can find those two on Twitter at CB on Sports. So flat. So <laughs> flat. I haven't had a carb since 2004. <laughs> I wish that were the case. You look like you want to punch me. <laughs> CB on sports for Christine. I am Matt Burton for Matt Burton on Twitter. Real quick origin story. Why did you change your Twitter handle from Matt under, Matt Burton underscore Deuce Deuce? Uh, the joke or the shtick, really, if you will, uh, was kind of getting played out with Jerry. Always saying, like, oh, why would you have 22 in there? But it was working out for a while because every time he said it, I got a follower or two. So people were like, oh, yeah, he's like shouting out. So you should have, you should have decided to change it because that, that train had kind of like run its course. Yeah. I mean, you should have went Heath Ledger Joker. And every time he asked, you had a different origin story. Quentin Griffin was my favorite player growing up. Yeah. I should have. The number 22 has biblical Hindsight. significance to me. Hindsight, 2020. Well, but, yeah. you know. well it's 2020. 2022. There, there yeah. you go. Brady Trantham here hosting the Thunder First Take postgame show in a game where Oklahoma City was annihilated, thrashed, uh, dismantled 129 to 102 
by the Colin Sexton slash Kevin Love led Cleveland Cavaliers. Pokusheski did things. Tam Algon did things. And you know what? Oklahoma City waved Darius Miller goodbye. Not a week after Justin Jackson was waved. Like this team is just Christine, it's it's just much different than the team that we kind of grew to love. And it, it makes me as a Thunder fan to I just don't want to. I don't want to believe because I don't want to attach myself to them anymore. Don't because cry because I, it's over. I, I can't. <laughs> because it happened. I can't handle the hurt again. They traded James Harden. The, the, Kevin Durant left us, and 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 now they're waving everybody. I, I just, can't take Brady seriously when he does. I this. just. I don't know what to do. Help me. You know, I will say this has been one of the biggest roller coasters of a season. I think for any team, really. Can you can you think of another team that was successful for the first I want to say like two months, two and a half months, then their general manager starts putting obstacles in their own team's way to get to where they are now? I, like how like how many teams can you say that like start like quote unquote injury reporting? Their star players then start waving players, and the amount of players that they've been trading, waving, bringing back on, bringing on from the G League, like this has been such a roller coaster of a roster, and I don't think I've ever really seen a team with this much turnover within one season. Well, as funny as this may sound, considering what we know about them now, at one point after Houston traded James Harden, Houston was really good, and not. Like not on the side of the floor that you would assume. Like defensively, I think I said on on the radio, one of the worst takes I've ever had. Because you look at Houston's roster and they do have some talent. I think we're all fairly shocked they lost that many games at the time, especially with Oladipo there. Exactly. But they were playing at, in such a way defensively, looking at their numbers at the time that I thought this is sustainable. Like. They're going to be a top three, top five defensive team. Steven Silas knows what he's doing. Like this is, they could be like last year's Oklahoma City Thunder, where you thought all these guys are going to be traded. None of these guys fit. Like this weird, this is a weird team with a bunch of old guys. And then they started clicking. But then all of a sudden, I don't know if it was the GM. I don't know if there were some untimely injuries. When you got John Christian Wall, Wood got injured, Christian Wood got hurt. But when you also have John Wall and Victor Oladipo to depend on, like injury health wise, it's just unfortunate for them. Uh, but then they lost 21 games in a row. So rest in peace, my one take for a team not concerning concerning Oklahoma City. But Matt, um, I mean tonight. I mean, what what when you're watching this game as a as, if you're watching this game as a fan, do you watch the first quarter and go, "That's what I like to see." Now let me put this on the shelf and hopefully when all the rest of the guys come back, Poku, Tail Maldon, uh, not necessarily Tail Maldon, but like Svi. Ty Jerome, like whoever would be with those guys in the future, I want to see that with with those guys in in whatever rotation. Yes, if you are still one of those people who are wanting the Thunder to win and not, I don't know, kind of trying to be naive as to what's going on with the Thunder, then yes. But really, the I mean, the first half, what was it, sixty five, sixty one at half, I think, somewhere around there. Um, Really, the first half, they they played about as well as you can offensively, especially that first quarter. Um, but yeah, seeing guys like, I don't know, guys like Svee, guys like Ty Jerome, guys like Kendrick Williams, really, I mean, those guys, those guys, if you, if you are rooting for the Thunder, rooting for them to win, those guys are guys that you could kind of get behind as, like, I want to see them here next year because I think they can help us. Moses Brown, too. But he's he's already signed, so he's guaranteed. He's here for the long haul. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of the rest of their bench besides Ty Jerome and none of them. I mean, they have Darius Baisley listed and also Mike Muscala, which for Mike Muscala, it's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, at this point, I think you do want to see, like if you're a Thunder fan and you liked this team, then you want Kenrich Williams to come back. You want Sfi Mikhailuk to come back. And you also want Ty Jerome to come back. But they're kind of the more expendable players that the Thunder have right now because after they sign Moses Brown, you know they're keeping Elvsky Pokashevsky because they want to hit on him so bad. And then you also 
are keeping Teo Maladon because obviously they drafted him. So then those are the three players that are going to be on the chopping block as far as whether Sam Presti's willing to trade them for any other assets, including moving up in the draft. Who knows? You know all those players, Christine, you know what, uh, when you say them, you know what it reminds me of? What? It reminds me of tanking. Mr. We're Burton? not tanking! Yeah! Yeah, sorry. Sorry, we're going, we're going tanking! Through the quad and into the gymnasium! Come on, everybody! Oh, Christine, you went second last time, so you're going to go second again. Matthew! Give me... Give me Poku. Give me Poku. Ten points, six boards, two assists, three of 12 from the floor, two of eight from three, and four turnovers, a couple head-scratching ones. But... Minus 27. Yeah, minus 27, uh, the most important stat uh, in this whole (laughs) box score is the plus-minus. Everyone knows that. Um, but yeah, whenever you're minus 27 and the next closest is minus 19, there's probably probably some correlation. I'm going to say give me Teo Maladon because he made three. He was three of three in the first quarter. And I was thinking, OK, he's having a pretty hot night. Like he's shooting. He's having a good shot selection, which we talked about last night being like, OK, like obviously this isn't his strong suit. That's something he definitely needs to work on. I thought, OK, wow, he he's kind of getting a little bit more of the hang of it, getting more enveloped in this offense. And then after that, he made three more shots and attempt. He made three more of his 14 attempts. Come on, man. You really got to start learning how to choose a better shot selection for yourself. Well, get your own shot. The NBA is hard, Christine. Maybe maybe we're being too harsh on them. uh, Have we ever stopped to think about their feelings? Yes, because devil's advocate if you're the opposing team playing the stretch or playing the thunder thunder down the stretch here, what two guys are you saying to guard? Poku and Maladon. I mean Ty Jerome. As far as like starting, like Oh, you said Poku, for, sorry, starting. Poku yeah. and Maladon? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's who they're gonna be keying on. Like the rest of these guys, they can beat us if, if, if they can't, like if they if those guys beat us, if like Svee and Kenrich Williams beat us, then that's fine. I mean but, my thing is, yeah, they're they're both only nineteen years old, so this game is probably moving really, really fast for them, and I'm not, I'm not knocking that at all. Like, I'm not saying they're bad, obviously, because, like, they're, ver- like, I think they're good, and I think they can improve a lot, and they're going to be great. But my problem with Teo Maladon is I think we've been seeing this for weeks now, where he's just been very inefficient and not been selecting the shots that are good for him to take. So that continued on tonight. What a shame it is. What a shame. For the first time in Thunder First Take postgame history, lady and gentleman, the player of the game, in my opinion, is going to be the tank commander of the game as well. Justin Robinson, come on down, because you know what? We got five, four, three, two. I don't know how many days left with him, but I'm going to cherish all of them. I don't know who you are. I've never met you. I've never talked to you. Probably never will. But I appreciate you. And gosh darn it, people like you. I like you, Justin Robinson. That's yeah. swell. That's just very, very keen. He's all right. I'm very keen on Justin Robinson. Now, Jalen Horgan, go sit on it <laughs> while we're at it. Okay. <laughs> sit on it, putts. Sure. Hey, Matt, will you also take us around the association? If you can be premature, can you be post? Heavy post mature. <laughs> well, there's a post Malone. Was there a pre Malone? <laughs> there, there definitely was a pre Malone. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably quite a few pre Malone. Probably, as we were talking tanking earlier, and Tankathon, the team that is right behind the Thunder, the Toronto Bay Raptors, lose in Toronto Bay, 122 to 113 to the Chicago Bulls. Nothing, nothing really. I mean, Chris, Chris Boucher had 38 and 19 boards. So uh, Bobby, that's Bobby Boucher in okay. a losing effort. So that's insane. Um, wow. Brady, the Miami Heat 
beat the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, but they One lost Victor Oladipo. Four, they lost Victor Oladipo. Jimmy Butler had 28 to lead the way for the Heat. Contavious Caldwell Pope had 28 for the Lakers. Cool. Oh, it is cool, Christine. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it is. I thought, I thought that I you were just, making fun of me. I, like, okay, let's you know. No, I cool. thought I would just like insert my voice because Brady was I, you Brady's know, kind of team. Being a little quiet. That's Brady's team. Yeah, they got to win over the Lakers. Anything. It's cool. So it like, is cool. Cool, like, Christine. Good. You win with grace. You expect it. My Heat <laughs> playing at home. Get so, out of here. South Southeast late, here late night that. is undefeated. Come uh, on, three man. and a half minutes left in this one. Dallas is beating the Milwaukee Bucks 105 to 97. Everyone, we're on the edge of our seats for this one. <laughs> Kristaps Porzingis, 26.17 boards. I need to take my shirt off for this one. 31 minutes of playing for him and zero assists, though. God, selfish. Um, he's not a team player. Not a team player, that Chris he's, Porzingis. He's not a team guy. He's given us have 31 he, and 17. He, but. Matt, tell me this. Has he celebrated with his teammates? <laughs> Probably a little too much nose candy for our good friend Chris Porzingis. Did his teammates go to his birthday party? Um, <laughs> he, about two and a half minutes left in the second quarter. The Clippers are losing by one to the Phoenix Suns. 50 to 49. Not going to give out any points or anything. I mean, there's no point to it. It's not even a halftime yet. Not even a halftime maybe, yet. Maybe give it some, adv- some sage advice. <laughs> yeah, score more. I don't know. A um, <laughs> uh, couple games at halftime. The Pistons are winning. Red alert. Red alert. Tankathon. The Pistons are winning 62-44 to 44 at halftime in Sacramento against the Kings. See, you know what Sam Presti thought. I need to send them Hamadou Diallo as a double agent to go win them some games. <laughs> And then we'll sign you. We promise we'll sign you again when you're up. You too, Frank Jackson. (laughs) And at halftime, the Trailblazers are beating the Utah Jazz 56-53. Oh, Utah could be in danger of a three-game skid. Is around the association. Well. Very sweet, Matt. We're going to have a few days off, just like the Thunder are, guys, until they play Philadelphia on a Saturday. Oh, yes. What up? I mean, what? Says we're going to have mean, a few it. days Sorry. off, and we literally have one. <laughs> well, I mean, Saturday is an entire day in and of itself, and then the night comes, and that's a, that's a different story. Saturday nights, baby, in Oklahoma City. You got to be there. That's when people focus on their basketball, Brady. Well, of course, and that's what we're here for. As Jerry Ramsey said, I watch the games, or we watch the games, so you don't have to. And then we talk about him. But that was Christine Butterfield. Thank you so very much. You did a great job considering that the team that we cover lost by 30,000 points. Matt Burton, same goes to you producing. Um, apologies for the premature stuff, but it's it's okay. You know, it happens. It happens. It happens, and we're going to soldier through it. And you know what? She's lucky anyway. Brady Trantham here signing off. Oklahoma City loses 129-102. to 102. We'll be back on Saturday nights. Oklahoma City, Philadelphia, be there, be square. Until then, good night, Oklahoma.